go into this word today. You guys can grab a seat. We're falling over. We finished First Peter last week, um, and then we are going into Second Peter, and we're just going to finish out the two books. First Peter is all about the end times. Second Peter talks about the false teachers that creep in during the end, the leading up to the end times to so be prepared for. And then he'll speak a little bit about the end times at the end of it. So one, one, that's something very interesting. He's writing to the church. He's writing to you and I. He's not writing to the world that doesn't believe in Christ. He's writing to those who say, I have a faith in Jesus Christ. And he's warning because he's saying, hey, like in the last one, he says, you better be prepared because you are going to get persecuted. They are bringing the business against you. The, the enemy is bringing the business against you. And government's going to be a part of that. Everything. You will be persecuted for your faith. Well, are you willing to stand up and live in the kingdom? I shared that with St. Maurice last week. For those of you that are here. There's, in the U.S. military, it's, a, it's bestowed as an honorable medal. The Order of St. Maurice. And St. Maurice was a Christian. And he was inscripted with his, his whole army was Christian out of northern Egypt. And they were inscripted to fight alongside the Roman army. And his army was brilliant. They were tactically proficient. And then one day, they came to him and said that they must worship the gods of Rome. And he said, we will not worship the gods of Rome. There is one God and one God alone. And me and my army will serve that God. You do what you do, we'll do what we do. They didn't like that. So they ordered him to attack a Christian city, destroy the city. He said, we will not attack the Christian city. Those are my brothers and sisters in that city. And I swear allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. I work for you. This is what he said to the Caesar and the general. I, I am a citizen of heaven. I work for you. I will not bow to you. I am just on a journey through this life. Check this out. So they did by this order the Romans would do when you had a general that wouldn't obey. They would kill one out of every ten men in his army. So they did. And then they said, go attack the city. He said, screw you. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not a citizen of Rome. This earth is not my home. Heaven is my home. So they killed another one out of every ten, and he was so rebellious they killed him. He gave everything. For whom? For Christ, for his faith in Christ Jesus. We sometimes are the most weak people. We say, well, I might lose my job. Yeah, you just might. I don't know, my friends might not like me. Let me tell you something that's happening in our world today, and these false teachers are creeping in. Yesterday I got home and, you know, it's been a long, I did a funeral yesterday morning and it just was just been a crazy time. <clears throat> I get home and I'm kind of reading the news last night and I read about the, the pride parade in New York City. And I was going to show it, the video, but it's so disturbing I decided not to. It's disturbing. Men that have had partial surgery rocking around with their tops off pretending to be women, and you know what they're chanting? 
they're, ch- they're holding signs, eternal, we are the eternal fire, we are the eternal flame. I'm like, you have no idea what you're speaking over yourself. You are not the eternal fire and the flame, but you will burn in that eternal fire and flame, and you will not be devoured by it, you will be tortured by it. You know what they're saying? It's coming to Belize. I do not give a crap. You can argue with me. It's coming here. Because this week, there was a forum by the U.S. US Embassy along with the LGBTQ+. You know what plus is for? You know what I believe what the plus is for? Huh? Nope. I believe personally the plus that they've added on the plus, what is it? What do you, miniature, minor attracted persons that they're trying to now globally say that it's okay for an adult to be attracted sexually to children and that you cannot persecute them for it. That's the plus. You know what they were saying in that parade yesterday? Chanting it. Chanting it. We are coming for your children. That's what they were chanting. Chanting, we are coming. That's right, your child, that's who they're coming for. They want the majority of children today that are struggling with gender identity is happening from the schools, not from their homes. And it's because they're saying, well, I'm bi or I'm this or I'm just like a whatever. Because of peer pressure, because media has so focused it to be popular that they say, yes, I'm that, so I can fit in in the group. It's coming from perverted teachers. They're come, they said it. Their, their battle plan, they told us their battle plan. We are coming for your, it should infuriate us. It's happening in America, and it's going to happen here. And money will be tied to it. If you don't do what we say to do, we'll pull funding. It's time for the Belizean people to stand up and tell our government to shut the hell up and say we are a Christian nation and we stand for the values and the principles of family. We don't want evil in our nation. We want the rights as parents to make decisions for our children what's best for them. We don't want perversion in our schools or in our libraries. We want to have a say. Some will say, ooh, you get in trouble as a pastor for saying that. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not telling us to have to go out and revolt and start riots. I'm not saying that. But it's time for us to start standing up with our voices. And it's no longer can we be silent with your area representatives and your mayors and all that. You have to start standing up and saying, when you see something, say, not here, not now, not ever. No, that is bad. We don't want that here. It's time to start standing up and going, we need to protect our children. No, you will not build a bar next to a school. No, you will not build a nightclub next to a school or a church. There's laws in the books of Belize, but they do it anyways because the people don't know or they're too afraid. We don't watch no fears. We don't want no problems. We're beyond that. We're beyond that. We need to step up with our faith in Christ Jesus 
in love, but still we have to be able to express our voices to say, we're not good with this. It's not okay. Look, I love the LGBTQ community. I love them. I would die for them. But I do not condone their lifestyle, nor does the Bible. I do not hate them. I love them. Do I believe some of them are confused? Absolutely. And they have the right to say that I'm confused, but they cannot say I'm a bigot. They cannot say I'm hate-filled. They cannot say that. That's them trying to hide their own knowing that they're wrong. Because we don't go out hunting or anything like, you know, them like that. No, we're just saying, look, I love you. If I see someone in trouble, we're going to stop and help you. But I don't condone your lifestyle, and I don't believe that your minimal lifestyle of percentages globally should be forced upon everyone as normal because most of in this room will say, it's not normal. It's not normal. Right? It's not normal. There's two genders. Whether you want to, like even the, someone sent me a picture the other day of a t-shirt. It's like the like transgender, you decide gender t-shirt. And then it said, specify for the, when you buy the t-shirt on the bottom, bottom of it, it says, specify if you want the male or female style. You see the hypocrisy behind it? Like, what? Like they're saying, there's no difference, we're all this. There's no such thing as male. No, if you want the female one or the male one, do you want the male? It, like, what? Listen, it's time for us because it's happening. The most alarming is that it's happening in the churches now. These false teachers are coming in. We've seen the precursors of preachers that preach for power, preachers that preach for their own personal gain. We've seen that, but now it's starting to preach in the fastest growing church. One of the fastest growing churches in America is in Atlanta, and it's by a gay pastor who promotes that anything really goes. I was just in another country, and in that other country was talking to a guy, and he was saying that the, their pastor at their church, they just left because their pastor said, it's okay to come to church drunk. At first I thought he was talking about being drunk in the spirit, you know, like, like oh, well, that's kind of weird. He's not a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost guy, but no, he wasn't talking about it. He says, they literally come to church drunk by alcohol. And sometimes the pastor is while he's preaching. And it's okay. What? what? This is happening in churches? Where Jesus is to be exalted, but now we're exalting men and women? The Southern Baptist Convention this last couple weeks voted that no woman should be a pastor or be able to be a teacher. You know who the, I mean, there's a few, I can't say the best, but you know who's in their top five? Would be like, I believe, would be like McManus, would be the dude from, uh, what's that other, Rick Warren would be one of them. You know who I believe that, if not, she's not the top? Beth Moore. Beth Moore's probably the best pastor they got. She's done more in the last 20 years to change people's lives through the word of God. But now we got people saying, oh, now you can't have, we, we, if you're a woman, 
we're going to recognize that you may have a little bit of a calling, but no gift. This is the end times crap that is creeping in. It's an assault on whom? Don't take this personal. It's not assault on you. It's an assault on our Papa. Make no mistake. Don't take it personal, because if you take it personal, you'll get offended. Like people, people say they have identity issues. If you identify with what you do, if I say something bad about what you do, you'll get your feelings hurt. But if you identify as a child of God, and you are a school teacher, and I say, school teachers suck, you can go, yeah, some of them do. But if you identify as a school teacher, and that's your identity, you'll be highly offended. Truck drivers, business owners. But if you identify, like I know pastors that get all butt burnt. You're a pastor, you believe this, and you don't know, you're going to go to hell, you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my gosh, relax, dude. Become a child of God, or at least know that you are a child of God. Like, redirect your identity. You have been, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been redeemed. Your identity now is God's child. Things shouldn't offend you like that. Because if I assault the work that you do, I'm not assaulting you. I'm assaulting the God who called you. You track in where, how we just are so like all over. We have to come to the point in this world today where our identity in Christ, Jesus, because of the work of the cross is who we are and what drives us like St. Maurice, I am a citizen of heaven. I do what I do because of him and him alone. And I live on this earth and I will love people and I will do my best to help you and I'll fulfill my call and I want to be a man of excellence. I want to be, you know, you guys be a woman. Of, I don't want to say I want to be a woman of excellence. That would be weird. But you be a man or a woman of excellence, whatever God has called you to be, recognize that he is, the Bible says it today, we'll see it today, that he is the God of glory and excellence. So we strive to be like Papa. That's what we move to be. It's like Yahweh. Not shaped by this world, but we shape this world. We should be like that, like right now, let me say, I'm going to reverse it a little bit. We should be the thing that is creating, like what cancer does in the body is it creates this ball that disrupts everything in the body, right? We should be a cancer to evil. We should be the disrupting factor. And they say that cancer drives and feeds on sugar. Well, okay then, we are we drive and feed on the word of God, every word of God. And the more we get, the bigger we get. That's who we're supposed to be, this loving force that goes out and changes the world. None of this is about taking up arms. But if you can't see what evil, evil's taking up arms, 
evil is. I told you that we're going to be showing this movie here, The Sound of Freedom. Do you know that right now there's 2 million children being trafficked, human trafficking for sex and labor globally right now? 2 million. When's the last time we've had any talk of that from any of our prime minister or the cabinet? Two million. That's not teenagers. That's children. Who's driving that industry? Start looking at arrests of traffickers. It's not all men. It's not all men. Women are trafficking kids. This world is is just, it is, we are primed as followers of Jesus to make radical change by what we do. I'm excited. For those of you that want to be involved in this, we used to do this all the time. We're going to do it again. We're going to get back into it. And so I know that Lobster Fest is coming up up on uh, San Pedro. Those of you that want to be a part of it, come on, ma'am. I'm just going to Lisa and I have been talking about it. We're going to partner with some people up there. We're going to figure out how we can throw some money together for people that can go. We can't pay for everyone. We can't pay for the whole trip, but we're trying to figure out. Well, we're just going to go set up a couple easy up tents, and we're going to have the Boneville prayer booths during the middle of Lobster Fest. We're just going to put up some booths, some tents, put some chairs there, and we're just going to have our people here partner with other believers just there. We're not going to walk around throwing tracks at people. We're just going to be there going, hey, can we pray for you? Remember Boneville used to say, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Hey, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for you? We're going to blitz, the, we're going to blitz it with that. We're going to just put a couple tents up around that place, and we're going to go, hey. And then we're going to do it in Placencia when they have theirs, and we're going to start doing that again around this country. I believe it's time to do that again. And we're not going to promote Boneville. We're not going to provoke or promote denomination. We are going to exalt Jesus. I'm going. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to come. Lisa's all in. We're just like, we've got to get back at this, guys. Like, I don't care what people say. We have to be a voice of love. We know that people are going to come by and say all kind of goofy crap. Let them say their crap. How do you know? It's like this old adage before I get in the word. If I throw a rock into a pack of dogs, how do you know which one got hit? One that squeals the loudest, that yipes the loudest, right? They come over yiping at me. So be it, brother. You got hit. And it ain't me hitting you. And I'm not offended. It's the Holy Ghost. The hound of heaven is pursuing you. You got a choice. So we need some of you people that love to pray and got the gifts of the spirits to get rolling in this action because we're going to go after. This is our country. God gave us this country. Our country is made up of the people of this country, not by the borders. And this country has a deep faith in Jesus Christ. And what we need to do is be the tip of the spear. This church, be the tip of the spear that is willing to take the hits so that others, and this is biblical, so that others will come out of hiding and begin to exalt Jesus in their faith also. We see that throughout Scripture. David, when he killed Goliath, 
Jonathan and the armor bearer when they went up and killed the Philistines. Esther when she stood alone before a, a, a tyrannical king. And Haman. You, it's crazy. God loves to use the small to ignite the mass into fighting for justice. Amen? Y'all good with that? I want you guys to pray deeply about that, about coming up there and doing that. Even if you have to pop up for a day or two, we're going to try to figure out how to do it. Um, I may, I'm still trying to figure out, we may rent a boat and shuttle people across back and forth. I don't know. I got some logistics I have to do, and then I got to go beg Papa for money, right? We're going to take some of our tithe and do it. I believe we have to be the tip of the spear. I'm sick and tired of people saying the forgotten district. Yeah, good. You want to live? No, we are the district that changes the country. We are the jewel, the hidden jewel, right? We sparkle the brightest. We have the best color. We have the best people. So we're going to just go after it. Amen? Praise you, Jesus, for your word. Second Peter chapter 1 says this. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I love that word as a slave, right? People say, man, you're so against anti-slavery. You're right. As a slave, though, we have to remember that biblically, this is Peter who willingly gave up his freedom to become a slave to Christ. There's a big difference. He's not forced into it. God will never force you to be a slave ever one time. Hold on, I left this on because I knew. Is Maka's there? This is, I knew Lisa was watching, so I left this so she would feel a part of this because just so that she's watching now. Uh, Toledo is the tip of the spear. That's to you, Makas. That's what she said, so whatever. I left that on. Sorry for that interruption. All the rest of you people, turn your phones off. I'm just kidding. No, we're a slave to Christ. Here's the best thing about God is God doesn't force us to be a slave. It's are we willing to become a slave to him and not the world? Because one way or the other, you can't say I'm not a slave. I hear people go, I'm not a slave. I love that, that clip from the Free State of Jones. We probably don't have that. Do we have that up? The clip from Free State of Jones? Well, there's a part in that where he's asking a slave, an actual slave that's been set free, and he asks him this question. He asks him who he is. I wish we had that. Do you, you can't pull that up really fast? should have had that. If you can pull it up super fast, let me know. There's such a brilliant part in the movie because it's during the, the time of the Civil War. And so there's this, you know, they're fighting against slavery. And there's, you know, you have the, the uh, underground railroads taking place. There's all this stuff going on. Well, there's freed slaves that are fighting and people are hunting them. And there's this passage of it. You got it? You guys have it? No? Oh, here it comes. You guys got to see this. It's the most amazing thing. And it's what we have to hold on to. When I first saw this movie and then I watched the clip, I went, man, Lord, this is the spirit. This is the attitude you want me to have. 
in all that I do because in this attitude, I'm unafraid. In, bless you. In this attitude, I'm unafraid. I'm unafraid of what the world labels me as. I'm unafraid of it because I'm determined to live out who he called me to be, not what the world labels me as. See, the world is trying to label Christians as hate-filled, small thinkers, backwoods behind, uneducated. They try to make us out to be that we are the ones that are enslaving people. That's what the world is labeling followers of Jesus as, you and me. That's what he's labeling us. As soon as you get it, let me know. If not, I'm going to just do it. We'll play it in a minute. But. So in, this, in the clip, this is what he says. The guy that's leading this Mr. Jones is leading this, this movement to, for freed slaves. He's talking to another guy, and he asks him, he says, who are you? And he says, I'm a child of God. And then he says, asks him basically why, and he says, because you cannot own a child of God. When you become a slave, you willfully become a slave to Christ Jesus, and you're not, no one else can own you. But if you don't, you will be owned by the world and the world will direct your path. I want you to think about this for a moment. What is the world doing right now financially? The world financially is shrinking the money down to be able to be run by one local bank so that they can control you. There's choices we have to make. Do you see what I'm saying? But when I'm controlled, when I go, hey, I willfully give my life to Christ. I am a citizen of heaven. You can do what you want to do, but Papa's still going to provide. I may lose out on some luxuries. I may lose out on a few things, but God will still provide. And he'll prove himself in the provision. You guys tracking this? We get all worried about it. Oh, I'm gonna get it. Uh, now relax. Relax. He'll prove himself to you and to us and to the world. I am writing to share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. I love that passage because basically what he's saying is, um, Lisa sent the video to you. So I love that when it, it, this is one of those things that I've read this over and over and over. And I saw this and I went, oh my gosh, got up early this morning, began to restudy. And I love this. Why did he, Jesus give us, this faith was given to because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ. The justice is we were unjustly taken advantage of by Satan. And so Jesus, through God, Jesus brought justice by the shedding of his blood. Think about how good that is. So by, and his fairness of Christ, I am undeserving of it, but because he's fair, when I say I believe, it's through the justice and fairness of Christ Jesus that I've been adopted into the family of Christ, that I am a child of God just like you. 
It's because he's just and fair. And he expects you and I to be just and fair. I will fight for your kids because Papa will fight for your kids. I will fight for other people's kids. I have chosen to do that. And if you can't, I will. Why? Because Papa fought for me. Yahweh fought for me. And I want to do as Jesus said, I do what the Father says. I say what the Father says. That's who we should be. And he's going to talk about how we do that. Did you get it up? All right, let's play this. You got to watch this. It's amazing. Turn it loud. What are you? What do you mean, Captain? Why is that? Because you cannot own a child of God. I'm a free man because you cannot own a child of God. That is the most powerful. I think that movie was based on a true story. Crazy. Think about that. Are you free? You're so free you can become a slave. <laughs> that is so good. I am so free that you can't capture me and make me a slave. I'm already a slave to Christ. Therefore, you have no ownership over me. And that's what drives the world crazy. They, can't, they want to own what they cannot have. They cannot have me and they cannot have you because I've already given myself over to Christ who is the owner of me, bought by the shedding blood. Nothing. It's priceless. This money, has it's worthless in heaven. So good. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Continue to read his word. You've got to grow. As, listen, as this world ends, no matter where God's taking you, you've got to spend time. Don't do it because, oh, the pastor, you know, I do it at 6 o'clock. I don't freaking can when you do it. Put it on an audio book and listen to it. Do what you have to do. If you're one of those that does devotions, do devotions. Don't do a devotion out of a book. Let the book be something that you like to do. May your devotion be from this. Are you tracking what I'm saying? I'm not saying those are bad, but you're missing the context. A lot of times those, they're good. Listen to me though, listen to me. Sometimes those devotion books have one verse. And the person will write a whole, diverse, a, a whole devotion on their thought of how God moved them. That's okay. But what you'll find when you open the word of God and read a verse or a couple verses, the Holy Ghost will begin to stir in you to read the rest of the chapter. Because now he personally wants to talk to you about what he's doing in your life through this. And he shows and reveals himself to you, not what he did through them. He wants to show you what he's doing through you so that you grab to that truth. This week, we just kept listening to this song, and it was crazy. It was like, Lord, I'm not afraid of what's happening here. Why? Because we've already whooped up on lions and bears. 
You've already killed giants in my life. So this is just another giant. You guys track what I'm saying? This, and so I reach into the memory of truth. Oh, you've already beat them before. You'll beat this one too. And here's the best part. What's the worst thing that can happen? Jesus, is that you? I was just in a boat. Amazing. That's the worst. Guys, listen to me. He, he finishes 2 Peter, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but he says this at the beginning. Listen to me. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And the only way you get knowledge, knowledge is different than wisdom. Knowledge is what you gain in school. Wisdom allows you to apply knowledge and understanding, not just knowledge, but understanding, two different words. But wisdom allows you to apply those in life situations. I know some of the smartest people I know that have no wisdom, they do the stupidest stuff on the planet. Like, man, you are the most educated person I know, and you are dumb as a rock. Because <laughs> you have no wisdom on how to apply the knowledge that you have. Do you see the difference? I don't want to be the smartest guy in the world. I want to have wisdom, and I want to grow in Christ Jesus so that I have, wisdom, I have knowledge and understanding trusting the wisdom of God for me to be able to apply it when it need be. This is the importance of getting in the word for you to grow. Just read this. Just read this. Listen to me. Don't stress out over all the denominational views and everything. Oh, you got this. Now you need this and you got this. That will come. If, if that, like that stuff drives me crazy, it moved me so far away from anything. I just wanted to be in this. I want, what do you say, Lord? What do you say? My life, I'm struggling right now. What do you say about it? What do you say? That's how you grow in the knowledge because it keeps exalting. This exalts Jesus. And I just keep, you just want to keep doing that. He says this, okay? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. His divine, he's given you what you need to live a godly life. He's given it to you and I. We reject it, but you have it. Well, a lot of times you don't use it because you're not in it. You don't have the knowledge base. Like, oh, you know what? It's like, you used to crack me up. I used to do this all the time in school. Well, I got a test tomorrow. Are you going to study? No, I'm just hoping that God pulls me through. You know what I'd get? A D. It was like, could have God pulled me through with the A? Sure. But by God, I had two weeks of study for this thing. God's like, you're not giving me much to work with here, son. <laughs> like if I studied, I never not studied and got a bad grade. Like if I studied, I always got a good grade. Seriously, because he'd pray about it and God would go in the back hatches of what you studied. You go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because you're giving something God to work with when you go, God, help me to have a good grade here. <coughs> partnership. You guys understand what I'm saying? Well, I don't need to study. God's a big God. Well, then go stand on the, on the top of Mount Victoria here and jump off. 
Say, God, you'll protect me. You're a big God. No, you're just going to get bitten by a Tommy Goff, get all bruised up, beaten up, maybe dead. But if I give him something to work with and I say, God, man, I've studied for this. I don't know if I'm understanding it well. Please help me in it. Help me. He's done this so many times for me in school. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to take tests. I go, man, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm giving him something to work with, a knowledge base. And then his wisdom comes in and shows me how to understand it and apply it. Have you ever had a problem? You ever, someone has ever asked you a question or you read something, you don't understand it? And then you pray and you understand what they're saying? Wisdom is allowing you understanding. comes from here. He goes on, he says this, we have received all of this by coming to know him. If you don't know him, of course you're going to make stupid decisions. Right? If you push him away, I don't need God's help in this. I always loved it raising our kids, even our grandkids. You want help with that? No. Okay. You're all good. It's fun to watch them figure it out, but it's also fun to watch them fail over and over and over and then you walk up and go oh if you'd have just done it like that <gasps> not fair nope it's not it's not fair you wouldn't listen that's what we do with god except god doesn't say not fair he just goes i love you i love you i love you but you gotta figure this out because i don't i'm you're not a robot the greatest gift, in my opinion, the greatest gift and the scariest gift we have is free will. It is the greatest gift. I have free will to fight for you. But I also have the free will to hurt you. And the only one that can keep that in check is the Holy Spirit given to me by Christ Jesus at the direction of God the Father. You guys track what I'm saying? It's serious. It's powerful. Free will. You got to get it from the word. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us a great precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. The world wants to corrupt you. It's trying to corrupt our children. They're coming after our children to corrupt them, to confuse them. You really don't know who you are. Um, just stand in the mirror naked. You'll know what gender you are. You may have misunderstandings. You may feel abused. You may have been, had wrongs done to you. No, none, of us are, none of us are saying that that's not there. But you have the assurance to know who you are. That's the way God created you to be. And there's help, and we'll fight, and we can talk about it and fight for you in it. The Navy SEAL that, out of combat, became a transgender and had sex change surgery, right? Said he went to the psychologist the first time because he had PTSD. Dude's famous, dude. And so they immediately told him, well, you have transgender, you actually or a woman, you're not really a guy. Well, he has all these brain injuries, right, from the war and the trauma of seeing death. 
So he's believing the doctors. So they immediately start putting him on these meds, give him more, uh, well, what's that chick? Estrogen. And so reducing his testosterone, estrogen, he starts getting more emotional. Yeah, I must be a woman. I must be a woman. So he has a surgery. He is the most vocal, outspoken person about how much child abuse is going on and how much abuse is happening to men and women through these surgeries. He says, what in the world? Now that my mind is clear, now that I can think they mutilated me, they mutilated me, and this should be against the law, and people should be put in prison for the rest of their lives. Here's a guy that went through the whole thing that has now come back and said, there has to be rules. There has to be laws. This is wrong. Yes, I made... I did some of this stuff. I made the decisions, but it was forced on me by doctors. They never really asked me what the problem was. They told me what I was. And because of my frailty and because of that, I went along in the trusting of them. You think about that to your kids. In our schools, you can't trust your parents. Your parents really don't know what you're going through. They don't know how you feel. I know how you feel as your teacher. Listen to me. The power of school teachers in this world today is unbelievably stupid. A school teacher that has no medical degree can tell somebody else, a school psychologist, that I have ADHD without any test. Well, he has a short attention span. I'm a guy. They used to tell my mom that all the time. Your son has a learning disability problem, man. He's got like short attention span. I never failed, smoked it. No, I'm a kid. And still to this day, I have a, my family will tell you, I have about a five-minute attention span. I'm not ADHD. I just go, you're boring. I'm going on the next thing. I'm bored by this. If I'm locked in with it, I'm locked in for the whole time. My family will tell you, but once I figure it out, I'm bored with it. Like, let's go do that. Nah, I'm going to go do that over there. Why? Because I haven't figured that out yet. A lot of young boys are like that, but they label them ADHD, troublemakers, blah, blah, blah. A person who has no medical or psychologist, no degrees, is telling that about kids? Sheesh. You're confused as a child. You really don't know. You can't trust your parents. Your pastor doesn't know. Your pastor is a hate-filled person. That's what's being said in our world. Why? It's corruption. They're corrupting the way we think. It's not us against them. You realize the difference? With them, they, them, thou, little side note, in the Bible, they, them, thou's are always referred to the demons. He, she, moms, dads, men, women, father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, Mother, mother, aunt, uncle, all that stuff in the Bible refers to humans. But they, them, those, that, all that stuff that is being introduced, it's all referred to demons in the Bible. Just think about it for a moment. The pronouns. All of this is being forced to corrupt you. The Christian view is not us against them. The follower of Jesus' view is not us against them. The Christian view has always been, we want you to come into this family. You're invited in. 
But when I sit down and speak with the LGBTQ or some of those groups, what do they say? You people, you people. It's a division. Uh, it's, it's like politics. Huh? Like to this day, I can't understand why. I mean, it's hard. I get it, but I don't get it. But it's like so stupid that in America, Demo Democrats and Republicans can't have a conversation. Here, PUP and UDP hate each other for the color of a T-shirt. like dumb it's like what can't be friends with them you can oppose their political view you're an idiot but i love you let's go have a barbecue you can't have a barbecue because that meat was unfairly processed <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. okay i'll give you something else which kind of process do you want the bullet or the knife that's the process because the only way we're getting it is one way or the other we can't talk it into dying so it <laughs> we you know what i'm saying can you please die chicken so we can pluck you and eat you will you do that and if it does die like that, I'm not eating it. Either one, it's so old that it's so tough, we'd have to stew it for four days. Or two, there's some kind of weird disease I don't want. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Listen to this. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to his promises. What is his promises? Hope, salvation, his truth. He's saying to us, Peter says, make every effort to respond. I'll hurry. Supplement your faith with a, a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. Now, here's the deal. The word moral excellence here is the Greek word akrit. The word akrit in modern language is a referring to the manifestations of God's miraculous powers. What it's saying here is that the, you have an eye who follow Jesus Christ have been given a generous, the generous provision of us to be able to be perform miracles through Christ Jesus. The gifts. Active and alive right here. Peter is saying, in your body of believers, you should be seeing signs and wonders. You should be seeing miracles. Why? Because through each of you, you've by the Holy Spirit have been provided with miracles to be given out. Miracles aren't just for you. We should be seeing people laying on of hands and people being healed. We should see prophetic words being spoken over and people seeing financial gain. We should be seeing salvations because Jesus is exalted. We should be seeing leadership people popping up, hospitality, we should be seeing the gifts. We should be seeing tongues, more laughter. Why? Because it says it right here. Peter's saying it. That moral excellence is the, is the accrete. Accrete is that word. It is the provision of miracles. And the miracles come through you, but you have to get off the couch. You have to get bold like Maurice. You have to come to a point where you say you just don't care anymore. Well, if I say this, I might not get the promotion. Okay, you might not. If I say this, they might not let me on the team. Yep, you might not. But I guarantee you, God will so repay you tenfold, hundredfold, millionfold for your obedience and courage. I said this before, and at first Lisa was like, you can't say that. I said, man, you need to look it up, baby. 
we joke around with some of the guys we run with, and we're in a scary situation. We'll say, hey, Jesus hates cowards. Jesus hates cowards. Revelation 21 talks about who's not getting into heaven. You know who's first? Cowards. Those who refuse to stand up for their faith in the midst of adversity. Christians who proclaim the excellence of Jesus Christ. That would go with the ways of the world because they're afraid of what the world can do to it. I know what the world can do to me. Because some, like some of you, I let the world do to me. I became a slave to the world for a while. <clears throat> Let's be real. Most of us have become slaves to the world at one point or the other. And then we saw what the world does to us. The world, you expect a kiss and it repays you with a punch. Am I right or wrong? Jesus has never, ever repaid me with a punch. Oh, I may have to wait for the kiss, so to speak. But what I realized, he was kissing me all along. I just wasn't looking. I'm not going to play by this world's by the, the rules of this world. I'm going to play by the rules of heaven. <clears throat> he says this. I want to go quickly. With knowledge and knowledge with self-control. This not only is talking about your physical life, but it's also talking about your spiritual life. Knowledge allows you self-control. There are times... Okay, you ever heard that verse, don't cast your pearls among swine? Most Christians have no idea what that means. So they use it as an excuse not to share the love of Jesus with people. Because you're uncomfortable and you go, those people are drunk, they don't love the Lord, so I'm not going to, it's like casting pearls among swine. Nope, you have no idea. The, uh, the only way you know not to cast the pearls of Christ among swine is to be in a conversation with the Holy Ghost. You tracking here? Because knowledge, I know that God wants me to spread the good news, correct? He wants me to love you. He wants me to spread the good news. He wants me to speak hope into your life. He wants me to take care of you, right? But here he goes. But self-control means that now I have to listen to him so he controls my tongue. It's not just self-control of, ooh, look at that good-looking lady. I'm going to go out and Joe Grind. It's not that type of self-control. Oh, you can't give that guy money. He, he'll spend it on everything. There's a little bit. It has, has nothing to do with that. He's talking about the spirit here. What it's talking about is, Lord, how do you want me to approach that person? Because there's sometimes that I'll walk into drunk people. People go, man, I don't know why you'd even do that. Because God told me to. So I'll walk in, what's up, fellas? Y'all good? Well, nobody they'll get nice up. Let me tell you this one thing. Jesus love you and you'll you prostitutes now, you know. You don't whore yourself for a lee bottle. Know this, as you continue in your night and you vomit up all your money, know this, Jesus still loves you. And I walk away. There are other times that drunk guys are talking to me and people go, you should tell them about Jesus. And I'm praying and I just walk away. No, why? Because he told me that's pearls among swine right now. But there's obviously in that group, it's not a cookie cutter because you can't cookie cut God. So the Holy Ghost is telling me, giving me information here, knowledge with self-control. I want to go say something to somebody, and the Holy Ghost says no. I want to give somebody. Sometimes God will have me give money to people that I don't think deserve money. But the Holy Ghost says give them the money. Seriously? I'll give them the money. And I always say, hey, Jesus loves you. 
you think about this for a moment, whatever you spend this on, think about the love of Christ for you. There, take your money. It's, it, it, it's beyond my concern. I'm not God. But I have the self-control to have the knowledge of the understanding of the provisions that he's provided for me. And they're for other people. And so there are times in the relationship with the Holy Ghost that you're going to have to exercise knowledge to either do or not to do. It's not based on your emotion. I think we should help women fail at this a lot. We should just help them. Let's help them. Let's help them. Man, I'll just be like, I piss people off sometimes, man. I'm like, nope. Mr. John's mean. Nope. Why? Because I prayed about helping them. Let them fall down a little bit and be ready to pick them up. Watch this. Self-control with patient endurance. There you go. I just talked about it. We should help them right now. No, Holy Ghost, what do you want? What do you want? The knowledge says that this person has repeated this and done this four times already. I'm the fourth relative they've come and got money from. Oh, but I love them so much. They're so handsome. They're so cute. We should help them. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, typically, oh, honey, be nice. Let's do it. Nope, nope. Talk to the Holy Ghost. Have patient endurance. Maybe you're getting persecuted. Maybe someone's blasting you, and you have all the, the knowledge to blast them back. Be patient. God's got your back. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will say, don't purchase that yet. Don't purchase that yet. We're kind of in a season right now, and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And then suddenly God is unleashing and opening doors of prosperity that I never knew existed, but they're starting to exist. And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, because we're like, how do we help these people? How do we do this? How do we do this? And now suddenly he's like going, I'll show you how. But be patient in it. Oh, and then he says, with patience, endurance, godliness. Be godly in it, in your endurance. Like, I, I like to put this with fasting. People that are fasting, that are bitter, shouldn't fast. Be godly in your endurance when you're fasting. I'm fasting. Oh, I hate all of you. It is the hardest thing when I'm fasting. It is so hard to have a happy face. My family will tell you, I get the hangries, man. When I am hungry, I am angry. I am an angry individual. So there's times I'm fasting for a couple days, and it is all that I can. It's, I don't fall asleep because I have not the nourishment in me. I fall asleep because it took so much energy not to throat punch a bunch of people because I'm just hungry. I get irritated by everything. So I spend time just going, Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, I'm good. Man, you know what? I'm good right now. I just need some water or something. Can I get a cup of coffee? Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Man, I look forward to coming back and having a meal with you. Can't wait to have that meal with you. They're pounding that food in front of you, and you're just like, right? Endurance with godliness. Be godly with how, whatever you do. Have the... That just let him radiate through you. And that goes back to the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost radiate through you because you can't be godly without the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit radiating through you. You can't do it. 
whether it be on the football field, whether it be on the basketball court, whether it be in your place of employment, whether it be, if you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, it's very difficult. You cannot radiate godliness. You can radiate a form of godliness, but it's not very nice, all right? Then he says this, have godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection. Now I'm going to hit this. Dudes, look at ladies like they're your sisters unless it's your wife, and then don't look at her like she's your sister. (laughs) Kind of messes with you a little bit, right? Chicks, the same way. God will bring that. But in the body of believers in here, we should look at each other and have the affection that a brother, it's basically what the word is saying is that we should view each other as family. God will bring two people together and do all that. But the rest of us, if you're already married, you should view every woman in the room as a sister of yours. You shouldn't view her with lust. Girls, same way. Girls like to believe that they're immune to this. Bullcrap. Men don't buy romance novels. Novels. I just don't know. Unless you're part of that community we've talked about. Most men do not buy romance novels. They don't. Because we're visual. You know, men will just go buy porn sites or whatever. They're not going to, they, we're too impatient to read the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Get to the good parts, right? That's, the, that's how dudes think. Chicks, though, think they're immune to this lust. And, oh, no, we're bullcrap. You guys are the slow readers building up the whole anticipation. That happens in the body of Christ, too. So you have to have brotherly affection. Oh, he's just so handsome. He's married. I know, but he's just so nice. And then next thing you know, it just starts building and building and building and building. So guys and girls, we need to learn through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, how to have brotherly affection, that affection towards one another where we look to each other as family and go, man, I love you. It's amazing. I love you. It's so good, right? And then those who are single, you may find your mate like that, but you walk through it with Christ Jesus in that. And then he says this, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Learn to love everyone, even if you disagree with them. We change the world because we love everyone. It's so difficult, but I love you. You see what I'm saying? I love you. And that comes from that. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting what they have been, that they have been cleansed from their old sin. Here, I just got a couple. I want to get it done. Listen, people often ask me this question. Honestly, they'll ask me this question. Why does God, I wrote this down this morning, why does God um, not use me more? I'll get that question. God doesn't use me that much like he uses you. God doesn't like he uses Lisa or like he uses Franz or Miss Liz. God doesn't use me like that. Well, here's my answer to them. It's because you're still sucking on milk. You quit growing. This is a partnership deal. And so as Paul wrote in Corinthians, you, we stop at the milk because it's too painful to chew the meat. Why doesn't God? He says it right here. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be. God's actually saying, I want you to be productive and I want you to be useful, but you're the one that's the problem, not me. Why? Because I have a limited, it goes back to the test. You're giving me limit to work with here. Your faith is small. 
but you're asking for this massive thing, but you haven't walked through the small steps and let me kill the giants so that when you see this giant, because right now this giant is this big, but you're trying to kill a giant this big, but you don't have the faith. And when you go to start to run to the giant, you'll fail because you'll falter. Do you guys understand? Like, oh, yes, it's big. But as you build and you get it, the next time you see this giant, you go, well, I've already killed giants this big. Of course I can crush that giant. I'm useful to the Lord. I'm useful. Why? Because I'm growing in his grace and knowledge. I'm growing in it. The more I grow in it, the more you read this word, the more you grow, the more you get excited about situations happening in your life. The more you go, man, big C's, baby. Don't like them, but big C's. Why? Because you become useful, guys. Just quit forgetting. Don't be short-sighted. So I want to encourage you. If, you're, if you have that, Lord, I don't feel like you're using me like I should be used. Look deep within and go, Lord, then what am I missing here? And he will show you in his word and then start looking at situations and go, you know what? I'm not going to run from this situation. I'm not going to ask someone else to do this for me. I'm going I'm to get advice from other people if need be. But Holy Ghost, I want to attack this situation and I want to attack it like David attacked Goliath. And so I need your faith and I need your help, Holy Spirit. You watch what will happen you'll have a victory, or you may get beat up a little bit, but you'll go back and go, that didn't hurt that bad. I'm not afraid of you. That's the worst you could do. The worst your boss can say is no. He fires you, you don't, he doesn't see your value anyways. Find another job. God will provide. You just keep moving so that you become useful. There's reasons why this is in here. I underlined all this stuff. The word useful, I want to be useful to the Lord. And I don't want to forget ever that I have been cleansed from my old sins. When my old sins rear their ugly head and tell me to repeat them, right? I can go, no, I've already been cleansed from those. Here's one thing about David as we get ready to close. Here's one thing about David. David sinned a lot, but you don't see him repeating his sins. And his nickname before God was what? A man after God's own heart. So as much as we say about David, you can look at it. You don't see David repeating old sins that was cleansed by God. It's, it's trippy to me. This stuff just boggles my brain because I struggle with that. But yet it's right here. I have to, I don't, don't forget. Like I was praying this morning, Lord, I have forgotten so much about how much I have been cleansed from. And I don't want to return to it like a dog returns to its vomit, as Solomon wrote in the Proverbs. And so often I've lapped up the vomit that you've cleansed. I'm sorry. And I had that prayer this morning. I'm sorry. I should be the last person preaching. Lord, it's crazy. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God's called and chosen. This is interesting because you cannot earn your salvation. This isn't telling you to earn your salvation. He's saying work hard to prove is what he's saying is through the word and in your relationship with Christ, what you'll actually become, your life will actually be a model of Christ and you don't even know you're doing it. That's what you want to become. 
Not like, oh, if I do this, they'll see me as this, and then I'll get it. No, no, no. It's not that. You're working hard to prove by why. It just becomes your nature. The Holy Ghost and you are in such, you're in such sync with each other. It just becomes your nature, and, and you go, you get home and go, oh, man, I can't believe I was nice to that person. It's because that's a nature. Listen, you have been called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to leave it with that right there to let you guys know as you go out this week that you guys have been chosen by God. And you, he wants to use you. But it, we have the responsibility of studying so that there's stuff that he can draw back from us, words of wisdom, whatever it is. Like sometimes you guys are sharing with somebody and you'll get a word. Has this ever happened to somebody to you? You're sharing with somebody and all of a sudden you say something. You actually, in your mind, you're going, wow, that's really good. That's really good. Wow, that's good. Don't get puffed up in it. Just immediately go, Lord, thank you for that word for them. That's all you, Lord. And then you realize later, oh, yeah, someone else told me that or I read that in the Bible. It's crazy. Do that. God wants to use you and have a great week. And guys, listen, rainy season is here. Praise Jesus. It is a long, dry season, wasn't it? And so I'm going to challenge you because this is one of the areas I get. I want to start. I want to be, I've been begging God to let it rain. And now it's raining. I'm like, man, I still got work to do. <laughs> I'm such a spoiled, rotten child. But let us be grateful for the rain. And I love the fact that man cannot control the rain. We think we can. But God does it. And I'm grateful for the rain that we have. Also, if you are, um, as I close today, if you are wanting to do the outreach, if you're wanting to go up and do the prayer stuff, maybe for a couple days, two or three days, or maybe one day and back, I need to know. I need to know financially where you're at and all that stuff if you really want to participate in it. There'll be long days. Like, we're going to work it. I'm not saying that it's not slave, but if you just want to go up for a day or a night, we're going to figure out where we can stay. I'm going to try to talk to the church up there, Sagebrush, and see if um, some people can crash on the floor there if they're doing like a night or two. And we're just going to try to figure out how best, and I'll, I'll figure out someplace that we can go and just be up there to pray for people. Just be praying. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Because they're going to be up there partying. It's Lobster Fest. And then, of course, you maybe eat some lobster. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Lord, we are grateful to be called your kids. We truly are slaves of yours, and we're grateful for it. Lord, may our hearts be filled with love for all those who are opposed of you, against you. May our hearts be filled with love for them. But may we also stand firm as courageous warriors, those who will stand up for truth and not back down. Grant us courage. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that you give them the courage that you gave Benaiah. Lord, the courage that you gave David. Lord, the courage that you had to carry my cross for me. I thank you. I pray that over this body of believers in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me know. Out from the jungle.